Could you please introduce yourself? Dr. Olfat Mahmoud, I'm Palestinian refugee. I was born in Lebanon and I live in Lebanon. I am the director of the Women's Humanitarian Organization. Where does that organization do its work? In Beirut and in the south of Lebanon, these two areas. In Beirut camps, yani we have different Palestinian refugee camps in Beirut like Burj al-Barajni and Shatila camp, also in the south of Lebanon. Were you born in one of those camps? Yes, I was born in Burj al-Barajni camp. And was it subject to attacks during the Lebanese civil war when you were a child? Yeah, of course. We are located uh, very close to the airport and in the middle of Beirut. So, yes, during the civil war, during the Israeli invasion to Lebanon in 82, all the wars, all the wars. So the people in the refugee camps are accustomed to very difficult circumstances? Yes, even when there is no war, the circumstances and the situation are very difficult, are very difficult. Could we come forward to the explosion on the 4th of August? Was anyone physically hurt in Bara al-Barajni or the Shatila camps? We, are, we live in Beirut and we are affected like everybody in Beirut because the explosion was very big and so Beirut and the suburbs of Beirut were affected by the sound, the loud, the loud sound of the explosion, and by when they, like most of people, lost their windows and doors, they were smashed. The fear, the terror, the trauma, the psychological trauma. Plus, we have some people who were wounded and killed because, not because, not from the, inside the camp, but they were by the heart. Passing by, or uh, so they, we lost Two people from Bujibarajni came. Two people were killed and 13 were wounded the first day. Some people were missing. And uh, yesterday they pulled the body from the sea and uh, he was Palestinian. To explain to our listeners, can you tell me whether the camp has a reticulated water supply? And if not, how, does, how do the people get water? after the 1948 war. And the agreement between the Lebanese government and the United Nations Agency UNRWA was to, it's a temporary space for Palestinians. So no electricity and no water supplies because in Lebanon, electricity and water uh, means uh, like uh, you are settled in that place. So, to be only a refugee and you are not settled in the place, no phone lines, no water, no electricity. And uh, people used to collect water by hand for everything, for drinking, cooking, cleaning, everything. Uh, later, after 12 years, in early 1970, they discovered that we have water uh, underneath. So, hello? Sorry, Olfat, uh, we got cut off. That was, that was my fault. Could we continue with you talking about how do people get basic necessities 
for example, water electricity? Yeah, the water electricity, phone lines. We, until now, we still buy water to cook, to drink. And uh, for washing and washing up, we discovered we have water underneath. So we have wells, water wells, but it's not treated. That means you can't drink it. It's very salty, very salty. You can't even brush your teeth. And it's, it's polluted. Australia help the Palestinians in Beirut? You know, you have different NGOs in Australia as well, and they work abroad in like They work in Lebanon, they work with refugees. For example, we work with uh, Afida supporters in a, an educational program and uh, also women empowerment program. So, like, people can donate to Afida. Afida is Australian people uh, for education and development abroad. It's a trade union NGO. They have a special program for us, and they have an appeal now because of uh, the explosion and how it affects the refugees, because it affects, of course, everyone in Lebanon. But there are uh, lots of support to, the, to Lebanon, but refugees are not really included. So, uh, in spite, they were affected. So, they have this special appeal, and uh, people can donate to this appeal. You see? This is, uh, I think this is the best way, because Afiza always visits the project. They can monitor the project. We can send reports to them. So, 
Afida, it will be more uh, accountable and it will be like Afida can monitor the projects as well. Just making a comparison between young Australian women who get a good education in languages, in mathematics, in do young women in the refugee camps get the same opportunity to be literate, say, in Arabic and English, to learn about mathematics and learn about the world? Look, I'll tell you, Palestinians, they love education. And we consider it as, uh, by education, we gain our dignity back again. We are not just refugees. We are educated. But the problem, they don't have much options, much resources. We have the UN, they run uh, schools. Um, in these schools, all refugee children, they go to these schools, they are able to learn, uh, you know, Arabic, English, mathematics, science. But they lack resources. This is the problem. And, for example, uh, uh, spring and autumn, because we had the revolution in Lebanon, and in spring because of corona, and it seems that we will continue for, all, for fall as well, uh, education was online. And not all children have smartphones. Not all children have computers at their homes. So many children were left behind, and we are worried about that. So this is also when we finish the UN school. The problem, to go to high school, we have only one high school for refugees in Lebanon. So not all young women or even young men have the opportunity to continue their education and go to high school because they have limited places for only students who are doing very well. But some students are brilliant and they are very good, but unfortunately, they don't, like, they don't have big houses, they work as a study, they, so they don't, they are not, they don't have excellent marks, but they are good. So they can't continue their education because they have to go to private schools and parents can't afford them. Again, with university, we have some scholarships, we have, but it's not enough. We lack of opportunity, unfortunately, like some young girls not continuing their education. And if they don't continue their education, most probably they will marry early. And this is, again, we have for a period of time, uh, this stopped. But now early marriage is like again, unfortunately. Exactly. This is what we need, opportunities. We need opportunities. People wanted to be educated, but they need opportunities. And as I said earlier, if they have no rights to work, how they can provide their kids with education? It will be very difficult. Do you think it's possible for the Lebanese government to change its point of view and allow Palestinians the right to work? Mm, I hope so. We don't know. We are very, very worried about the coming period. What will happen to the Palestinian refugees? It's very unclear. The, this week uh, was the anniversary of the massacre at Talazata, the uh, refugee camp that was attacked by Christian militia in 1976. Now, after that period, there was some changes made that led to probably the situation that you're in now where you are stateless, but you do have a foot on the ground. You know, you do have some capacity through the help by organisations like UNRWA and Union Aid Abroad. 
But how do you break the cycle that you're in? Particularly the young women, they, they might get education, but their prospects aren't, there's nothing for them when they get their education. First of all, let me tell you, I don't like it to call it the camps were attacked by the Christian uh, because it's not all the Christian. It's, uh, it's political uh, parties. It's the right-wing parties. But it's, you know, always they like to call it the Christian and Muslim. I don't like to call it like that. Actually, as you said, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. Lebanon has many problems itself. To deal with the refugee problem, it's a big, it's a big issue. So I think the international community has to do something to help Lebanon to be able to take care of the refugees in Lebanon. Uh, because we are not recognized. We are still refugees. I was born as a refugee. Uh, my parents were married in Lebanon. I was born as a refugee. I got married. And I have my children born in Lebanon, and they are refugees. My son got married, and his wife is pregnant and will give birth on, uh, in October. The baby will born as a refugee. This is not acceptable. It's, it's, you are not recognized. You are, I don't know. So the international community has to do something, has to solve the Palestinian problem from its roots. And it's like we should be given the right to return, the right to return to Palestine. And this is up to people if they want to go, and leave it up to the people if they want to go or if they want to migrate or, or, or. Otherwise, the problem is not going to be solved. It's not going to be solved. Because, like, we still if it with no, with very limited rights. And this is not acceptable. This is the only way to break the cycle. It's to give the Palestinians their basic rights. And one of the most important basic After the explosion, I saw pictures of people cleaning up the streets, trying to get their windows fixed, trying to get power connected. Is that the the scene now? Have you or have you got past that? It's 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 a huge explosion. People are still cleaning, still fixing, and also everything is very expensive and living on. Some people they could not replace the the glass, so they put the nylon of plastic on their windows and doors until someone comes and helps them. It's a big, huge explosion. And this we will see this all the time. Even many Palestinians from the camp, they went with their brushes and uh, moves and, and they went and they started to clean the areas. So, yes, we still see this. I've seen pictures of young people trying to clean up the streets in Beirut. Yes. And then yes. in, the, in the afternoon, I'm not sure what political party, I know they've got a political party, but they go to Martyrs Square and they protest against the... No, it's not political parties. They are civilians, ordinary people. They clean because they feel this social responsibility to help. And then in the afternoon, they go and they protest because they want justice. They want, uh, you know, they, they want to get rid of the corruption in the country. So it's not political parties, it's people, uh, civilians. And do the people from the camps, do they go to those protests? We go to clean, but not to protest because we believe 
the Lebanese are asking their politicians to leave. They want to get rid of corruption. So we don't want to be there, and then we'll, we will be accused of making troubles. And, and so uh, we, su- we support people, but we don't participate. Then how can justice be achieved in Lebanon for the Palestinians, the Syrian refugees, and the poor people? This is, it's when we, like, like when there are new governments, we lobby them. We talk with them. We have, uh, we have uh, committees and we have bodies who deal with this issue. But now it's only Lebanese asking for uh, their politicians to leave. They are asking to stop corruption. Our turn comes after that. Union Aid Abroad, AFIDA, and the Big Ride for Palestine, Australia, we're organising uh, a ride that people can sponsor. And um, in yeah. we want to ride the equivalent distance from Beirut to Jerusalem, Al-Quds. And uh, that's... Um, oh. You go through Damascus and down the old rail route... Hopefully, that 430 kilometres that we ride, people will donate for each kilometre. You mentioned the right of return. That would be um, a solution for the international community that the Palestinians be allowed to go back to their homeland. Yeah, this is the best solution. This is the only way to solve this problem. It's, we have been refugees for 72 years. It's more than enough. It's more than enough years and years of suffering. Come to the international community who create this problem and our suffering. Yes, I suppose it even goes back beyond the 70 years, right back to the Balfour Declaration. Yes, and we hope they will, you know, always, always, we talk about how we can, uh, what we call it, uh, like uh, to uh, like uh, to help during catastrophe. Why we should allow catastrophes to happen? We should we should prevent them. We should not allow catastrophes to happen. And this is this is it. It's like now we know the solution. It's give the Palestinians the right to return. But why they why we should always go into war and losing people and losing homes and then, and if we can solve it and prevent. Previously, when there was a big crisis in Lebanon, for example, the um, the bombing of Beirut by the Israeli uh, military during the, the the civil war, getting um, food was helped by the fact that Syria was an agricultural country which could help provide food. Mm. Now, with the Syrian civil war, that's made that less lightly. So where can the people get the food from? You know, in Lebanon we have some agriculture, but not like we need it from outside as well. Uh, it, it still comes to the country, imported to the country uh, from Jordan, from other countries, but it's more expensive because it's cheaper to get it from Syria. It's more expensive. And now also with the harbour uh, being uh, damaged and it's like... Like, people are very worried about 
like uh, not having enough food, not having uh, enough resources, medication, all of this. We started actually to feel, not just to feel it. We started like to 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 recognize that many uh, many things are have disappeared from the from the country. Yes, we saw the pictures of the big grain silos being destroyed by the explosion, yes. and I was wondering. Also, also, how, the, also how, the, how the ships will come with goods if, if the harbor is damaged. Yes, and um, well, how will how will people make bread? Do you, do you are you able to grow um, anything in the camps, or is there not enough room at all? No, not enough rooms for people. I tell you, the camp is less than a square kilometer for Jibarazi, for example, and more than forty-five thousand people live in it. Uh, yeah. we don't have huge buildings, or it's only small houses. It's no space at all for children to play outside the house. Uh, so the children have to remain indoors then. Most of the time indoors, yeah, because there is no outside. Mm. Well, thank you very much for talking w with me, Alfat. I was wondering whether there was anything else you wanted to say to our listeners. We are all human beings. We should have similar lives. No one should suffer. We are in the 21st century. We, no one should suffer. And this is what we should always put in front of us. No one should suffer. So we need to help each other, we need to support each other, and we need all the questions why this is happening. So we should not allow corruption, we should not allow injustice. And hope that everyone will enjoy life and will enjoy peace as well. <laughs> Oh
بهزار سزی و الغنا تعب الظهيرات في ظله عبير الهدوء وصفو الهنا وناس الحنين مكان 